0: Hey, welcome to the Vine Church podcast.
1: We know you're going to be blessed as you listen to this amazing word today. Sit back and enjoy. I was thinking about you, about you, where my skin grows
0: old, where my breath runs cold. I'll be thinking about you.
1: Let's give it some more volume, guys. About you. Seconds from my heart. it was almost long it was almost slow when I first heard- Morning, Vine Church. Let's put our hands together and give the Lord a massive clap. The Bible says, the psalmist said, the psalmist said, "I praise the Lord with a ten-string instrument." Everybody I meet goes, "I ain't got no ten-string instrument." Oh yeah, you do, baby. Yeah, you do. There goes five, and there goes another five. So take your ten-string instrument and applaud the Lord Jesus Christ properly. Is that? Come on, ten-string instrument. It's you gotta. Well, I got a message for you this morning. It's been cooking in me a long time. Forty years on my travels and ministry around the world, I've looked for the spark, and I've looked and I've looked for the thing because, and I've looked in the most horrendous places on earth for the spark. Because what I found in mafia-controlled prisons. Full of rapists and murderers. What I found in child uh, sex traffic children rehabs in Bangkok. What I found as I walked across the bones of the killing fields of Cambodia. I expected to find darkness, but when I looked deep in the eyeballs of the believers, I found a spark. I found a fire. I found a joy and a perseverance I've never found in the first world, never seen it. I found something I didn't expect, and I've longed to know, what is the spark? How can these people sit on the streets of Haiti, 10,000 people dying a day with the earthquake, and yet they have a spark, they have a faith level, and I, because I figured if I could find out what the spark is, then I could one day teach the spark. To everybody I know and then they would know what to do to turn a horrendous situation into a most wonderful joy-filled peace-filled and presence of God filled situation and that's what I want to share today I want to share for the very first time what I believe that spark is to be and I found it because the truth is When you hear the sound on the telephone of the big C, Cancer, when you hear the sound of your boss saying you're fired, when you hear the sound of that terrible situation, and it feels like your walls are about to come tumbling down. That song, Skin, I love it because it's got some, even though it's a secular song, it has some great lyrics in it. Because what happens to most people when, that, when, that, that, when they hear that sound is the walls come tumbling down. And yet standing th- five days after the earthquake in Haiti where all the walls seem to be down. I didn't see what I expected to see. And here's the thing I found. Because the third line of that song says gives the key. I was thinking about you, and that's the key, that's the spark, because it's not what you are thinking when you hear that sound, but it's who you're thinking when you hear that sound. That has taken me, believe it or not, 40 years to stumble upon, because if you can adjust who you think about in that moment and not what you think in that moment, then you can be like Paul and Silas who worshiped God and celebrated God and the power of God came down and set them free in the prison. How many people know our God is big enough to ignite the spark? Come on, guys. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I want to share that with you today because your state, in any given moment your state of mind your state of heart your state of faith and confidence hinges on one single thing who you're thinking about in the moment the battle comes and if your focus in that moment which it is in my case most of the time if your focus is your own skin is at risk the devil's going to smash you. If your focus is on your enemy's skin that you want to smash, the devil's going to smash you. And that's where most of us struggle when the bad news comes. But I want to share with you today something you can put into practice every single day. And it will ignite fire, it will transform situations, it'll turn situations around, and it may be still one year, two years, four years before the depression leaves, but you won't be smashed in the process. If your mind is fixed on the giants, in that moment, you're gonna get smashed. This spark, I wanna share with you in a moment. It was incredible to travel the world, Elma and I, and stand in situations where we felt more sad than them. We felt we were the ones in prison, not the ones in almost prison Argentina, because they had a spark, they had a fire in them. that was unbelievable, and I'll share that with you in a moment. But I want to be totally practical, and I want to, if I speak too fast, those of you that are here from abroad, just raise your right hand, and I'll try slow down a little bit, because... When you come from another country, it can be difficult to listen to a preacher that doesn't speak English. And, uh, and, uh, and don't get worried about this big bottle. That do not mean a long sermon. And all these. That's a little illustration we're coming to, all right? So don't you worry. It's not a five-hour sermon. But we're going to look and find the spark first in the Bible. And Moses is in the desert of sin, the Bible says. In Exodus 16, it says, he is under the kosh in that moment. He can hear the sound of the multitudes. Now, get this, the multitudes of acquaintances. Those you've traveled with and those are cracking jokes with around the fire at night. He can hear the sound of grumbling because they are starving. Mums, you know what it's like, it's five to five. And dinner's not to five and your kids are bouncing off the wall and giving you heart. hard time. I'm starving, mum. You know, you know that feeling well. You multiply that by a thousand. They're starving. There's no food. And Moses is under the cosh. The whole multitudes of them are blaming Moses. It says, we'll, we'll read it to you from the Bible so, you, so you, you'll believe it. Anyway, the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and they came to the desert of sin. On the fifteenth day of the second month, that after they'd come out of Egypt in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. This is going to make you feel good when one or two people grumble about you at work. Get into this. The whole community. The Israelites said to them, "Do you know what? If only we'd died by the Lord's hand, where we sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted." But you brought us out into this desert to starve the, the entire assembly to death. Moses needs God to show up. or His, his skin's on the, the line. God comes down with a delivery van. He comes down with a delivery van and he blitzes them with food, too much food. With manna they could eat daily and enough to carry on the next day even though He told them not to because they are going to get fresh bread every day. You can imagine Moses just lying in his bed and and thinking, maybe I'll get a night's sleep now. Just one night's sleep without one grumble wouldn't be bad. Anyway, before, before he gets a chance to have his first session of peace, he hears the sound again. I heard the sound and the world came tumbling down. And I was thinking about you. In that moment, who's Moses thinking about? He's thinking about these guys. They're going to skin him alive. This time, the Bible says, as the mob rose again to take his neck, this time, they got plenty of food, but I suspect it's even making them more thirsty because the Bible says they got no water to drink. Let's read it straight from Scripture which is brilliant. Exodus 17, the whole community set out from the desert of sin and trampling from place to place as the Lord commanded. Before you know it, they quarrel with Moses and said, <laughs> it's a bit like when kids come to your, for your pocket money and you have nothing left in your wallet. They're like, give us water to drink. He knows he needs an answer or he's fried Moses says, why do you quarrel with me? Why put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water, so they grumbled against Moses. And he said, why did you bring us out of Egypt? You ever notice people just keep turning at the same complaints? Anyway, why did you bring us out of Egypt and make our children? Now they're they're pulling the emotional button. (laughs) Making our children. Oh, poor children. And making our poor animals. (laughs) Die. They're they're turning every emotional thing they can. Moses in that moment is like, they want to kill me. As we drove here this morning, we stopped off at the co-op and we saw this fantastic sight, beautiful big new car with a giant black cat sitting on the hot tin roof, basking in the sun. I thought, I wonder how close I can get to this cat to take a picture before it runs. And um, I got as close as I could. I took a picture. That, that beast was enjoying itself too much. It didn't budge. It just stayed there. And uh, Moses is like that in that moment. He's like a cat in a hot tin roof, but he's not enjoying himself. He's baking alive. He's like, his time's running out. He's under more pressure than you can imagine. Now, you've all been in that moment where it seems like, well, that's as much as I can take, but then the devil steps it up. Once the... The acquaintances are finishes with him, now his enemies show up. And we're talking about the ISIS and the Nazis of the day, the Amalekites. Evil, evil armies show up, and they come to pick a fight with him. But, but, but this time he's pretty much burst. It would appear he's, he's pretty much burst. He doesn't have a lot, much left in him. So he tells Joshua, hey Joshua, get them up together and go and sort them out. And when he does that, Aaron and her go up to the top of the mountain with Moses. And at the top of that moment, they reveal to us the secret to turn any situation around, to ignite, to spark off great victory in the most difficult situation. At the top of the mountain, it says that, I'll read it to you so you get it straight from the word of God. Exodus 17, 18. The Malachites came and they attacked the Israelites. Moses says to Joshua, choose some of our men, go out and fight them. Tomorrow I'm going to stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua, Joshua, Joshua fought the Malachites as Moses had ordered. And Moses and Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. This is, it don't make no sense unless there's a secret. This is freaky. Their their neighbors are doing all the fighting. They're skying off the top of a hill. Ha-ha. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses nearly went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses, and here it comes, as long as Moses held up his hands, this is mind-blowing. And trust me, Christians don't get this. They don't get it. That's why they come to church 20 minutes late, these guys have been knocking their pan out since 8 o'clock in the morning pre-practicing songs. People come crawling in for the last song. You just don't get it. You've already lost the battle because there's something here Christians in Europe need to learn from Africans and many other nations around the world who get this. People in murder, mafia-run prisons, they get this. Child, Children rescued from prostitution, they get this. They get this, they get this big time. And it's brilliant. And if we could get up in Europe, and Europe's lost it in my books, and if Europe can recapture this and rebuild this altar, we might just see revival again. And here's how it goes. Moses held up his hands. The Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. You've got to get this, guys. We've got to get this deep, deep, down into being, 40 years looking for this, and it's here. Moses' hands grew tired. He's burst. Well, let's just let him lie. Don't somebody else could raise their hands. No. They propped him up on a stone, and one of them stood on one side, Aaron stood on one side, and Aaron stood on another side, and they held his hands up so that his hands remained steady till sunset, so Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword, what the heck is all that about, let's have a bit of fun for a minute, let's just have a 60 minute break, let's stand up for a wee minute, I want to do an experiment, let's stand up for a minute, I don't want you to fall in asleep. why don't you see who can stretch their hands as high as they possibly can, right, come on, just stretch up, stretch up, stretch up, look around, It's fascinating. They put them down again. Now, I'll let you into secret. I tricked you. Because if I says to you, hey, let's put our hands in the air and bless the Lord, 50% of you would not put your hands up. Let's take a seat and applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. I'll let you into secret why. In a minute. But for the moment, there is... The meaning behind this with Moses is praise. That's a symbol of praise. When he's raising his hands to God, who is he focusing on? God. Oh, we'll get there, guys. We'll get there. Don't worry. When his hands are down, when you're looking down, when you're focusing down on your own skin, he's losing the battle. But when he raises his hands to God, what's going on? The battle is winning. Romans 12 puts it this way, be in a completely different mental state. Oops, I was nearly in a different physical state there a minute, (laughs) That was not planned. Be in a completely different mental state. Why? By giving your bodies as a sacrifice of praise. The body don't want to worship. In fact, the body don't want to come to church. Hello? The body don't want to stand up. And women are better at this than guys because guys are more cool than women. You, women are weak. They're a little bit emotional. They have to raise their hands. They need the help. But us guys, we're, t- we're tough. We don't need to do that thing. Until you go to the football. When the par scored that penalty yesterday, everybody was on their feet with their hands in the air that I could see. Because this here is the key. This here says, I'm yours, God. This here says, naturally, I don't want to do this. But I'm giving you a sacrifice of praise. People think I do because I'm an extrovert. Trust me, my wife has suffered 40 years of weddings, begging me for a dance. 47 years, darling. I'm trying to pretend you're young, darling. Steady on. 47 years. As soon as that band starts, death comes on me in a boat for the bathroom. In any other context, I'm as shy as... And it's as unnatural for me as it is for a painfully shy. I got invited to the professional Dunfermline Athletic director's box once. We hadn't won in seven games. We're winning 3 0, but it's not half time. I'm on my hands, I'm in the air screaming and shouting, my hands in the air. Yabba do, and I look around and I realize in the director's box, you behave like a director. I said, I get to behave that every Sunday like that, neighbor. My, my team's winning. I don't care. And I'm shouting like a loony. I didn't get invited back to the director's box. But I don't think, I still don't think Europe has got this yet. And I'm, I'm, I'm not judging nobody. I'm not saying they, no, some people don't have it. But I think there's an explosion of this. There's an explosion of this to come. When Alan said at the beginning of this year in his great prophecy, times of refreshing have come, well, this is the spark that unlocks. And I saw it in the most horrendous places on the earth. Oh, how are we doing so far, everybody? Are we getting there? You want five more minutes? Or three more bottles of water? What do you want? Psalm 134, verse 2 says, Lift your hands. In the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Do you think that's just a little hey, you know, that's a little <coughs> wacky, charismatic Christian thing? Do you think that's a little girly thing? We need to be set free, guys. Radically set free to be living sacrifices unto our God, totally proud of our God, unashamed of our God, and given every fiber of our being to God. But the truth of the matter is today. God is in our midst. Our wonderful worship leader this morning told you already, the presence of God is here. But with my own eyes, as I walked into the hungry, starving, swollen bellies of the children in the Amazon jungles of Guyana, I saw hands in the air like I've never seen hands in the air. I saw tears running down the children's faces of joy! The they knew that God was good regardless. God would somehow come through regardless. God was still on their side regardless. God would not abandon them. And there was not one hand not in there. Of course, they're South Americans, so you expect that. But not when I went to the mafia ridden prison of almost. Two thousand two hundred murderers and rapists are gonna come through that door any minute. I don't mind telling you, I've told you on this plot before, I was wet in my nappy big time at the time. They came in there, I don't know what to expect, and I saw tears running down their eyes. I saw tears of joy, and some of them had 18 years to go in their sentences. Some of them still sleeping on concrete floors, 50 prisoners in a 16-man cell, sweating their guts out. Staying awake most nights to make sure they don't get raped. But when they came into the presence of God, I didn't see one hand down. And I'm not talking today about one hand down. I'm talking about a life and a heart of sacrifice and radical praise to the living God. 2,200 men. I, I never felt so safe in my life because the presence of God came down and they were worshiping God like crazy. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for those guys. Now now I'm just going to warm up a little bit and loosen up a little bit and, and uh, we'll get this thing going now. When I stood, and you heard me say this, but we have visitors, so they need to hear it first time. When I stood there and these, the most broken children on the face of the earth in Bangkok in a rehab, rescued from child prostitution, rescued, destroyed by hundreds of men destroyed because the father sold them for a TV in a fridge. And I saw them like Sunday morning church. But a moment come, a spark came. The spark came. The spark came. One little chubby ex-child prostitute, 14 years of age, put her hands in the air and began to sing, how great thou art. In that moment, her eyeballs Came, shifted from our own skin and our friend's skin to you. And the presence of God came down. I've never seen anything like it since. Every single one of these kids in one hour was one. healed, and their emotions, their mind and heart were on their feet, hands in the air, and by the way, they were dancing, and in Thailand, you're not allowed to dance because it's a sign of weakness. You can bend your fingers like bananas and do that wriggly thing, but you cannot do the Scottish Highland fling. They were going nuts with their hands in their air. Why? Because when the spark came, God came in and healed everyone. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that we got to wake this thing up, guys. we got to wake up Scotland and Europe. And the only way I see it is a radical, fresh, re-sacrifice of our life to the life of praise. you got to take your eyes off yourself, guys. you got to take your eyes off. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Five things quickly. I want to unfold this secret for us. I want to get totally practical because many are facing tough situations. Many are facing situations with your family, your children. Many are facing situations that you need something to change. You need something to turn. But I'll tell you why. If God could help you today, take our eyes off our skin and our enemy's skin, and we could somehow return to you. With one hundred percent full blooded, unashamed sacrifice of praise to the living God. You'll see things happen. I want to give an illustration a moment I've never given before and it's freaked me out, but I think I think it's gonna help us. So what does this do? What does this do? And I'm just using this, I don't mean just waggling your hands in. I'm using this as a symbol of praise from the heart. I tell you what it does it refocuses your thinking radically on the you who's waiting there to come through for you in that situation. It refocuses your thinking from them and me to you. And the moment you do that, something in the supernatural ignites. Like you cannot believe. Second one, praise opens the door for God's spirit and His presence and power to invade that battle you're facing. When Moses did that, the presence came down into the battle. So we all have battles in our marriage. We all have battles at work. We all have battles in finance and different things. But when you take the eyes of that onto you and begin to praise and worship the living God, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Let me demonstrate to you. Let me see something shocking. You don't have a spirit. You are spirit. When God made you, when God made man, he made him from the dirt. He made him from the dirt. And then to keep him alive, he gave him stuff from the dirt to eat every day. Your veg and fruit and everything you eat comes from the dirt. That's, that's exciting, eh? I'm dirt and I eat dirt. Jesus said something amazing. He said, man does not live by dirt alone. Come on. Where's bread come from? Dirt. Man doesn't live from dirt alone. But by every word, by every word, every spirit-filled word from the living God that enters you, feeds you. Here's an interesting thing. Another question I've asked God all my life is, What does that verse mean? Genesis 1 and 2 are my all-time favorite verse passages because I think every single thing you need to learn about life is there. Because the state God put man in in the beginning was to rule and reign, rule and reign, rule and reign with him. Now, when God made Adam from the dirt, he then come along and goes, He breathed life into Adam. The breath of God—the Hebrew word is ruach—is spirit. The one verse I've never understood all my Christian life, and I might be getting there, is this: You and I were made in the image of God. Now, I've always thought, well, that must mean there's God. That's me. I'm like Him. Not in Hebrew. In Hebrew this is and and you maybe need to get the CD and listen to this again to get this all through but this helped me massively when God breathed into Adam Adam was spirit his body is just a jacket earth jacket made of dirt returns to the dirt lives on dirt but when God made you in his image and he breathed into you. This is explosive. I love this. What it says is you're made of the same stuff. <laughs> Let that sink in. That's a lot that's a whole new level than you look like your mama or you look like your dad. I know my daughter is made of the same stuff as her mum, no shadow doubt. because if her mom gets on to me, my daughter gets on to me twice as much. She's not only made the same stuff, she has a double anointing. She made the same stuff. I used to think when she gets married, great, I've only one person to keep an eye on me now. Uh-uh. She has a radar. Still keeps an eye on me. Poor Stephen. But this is explosive. He didn't make you like him. He breathed. His Spirit into you. You are made of the same stuff as God. God's Spirit. Now that's why this don't survive on dirt. This is Spirit. It survives on the presence of the living God filling your spirit every day. And so if you don't praise and worship the living God, your body, you can take it to the gym 20 times a week and feed it all the prunes you like. The bottom line is this. Your spirit, you are getting smashed. Here's the exciting thing about this. That when you praise This proves that a 65 year old bladder can still work. Here's here's the thing guys, here's the thing, here's the thing. When you praise, the Bible says, he inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise, he inhabits your life, your situation, your problems, your marriage. It's when you praise, you're giving God an invitation to come and fill you with the Spirit. That's why the Bible says, "Don't get drunk with dirt." Why? But get filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you praise God, you at first you are going to feel like a freak. You know, is anybody looking? And I've never done this before. I am a tough guy, and uh, uh, you know, but but. When you do this, you open up the heavens for the presence of God to come and fill you with his presence and fill you with his spirit like we did in worship this morning. Was that worship good this morning, guys? Come on, let's give it up. Give it up for the guys. Hey, guys, is this making sense? Two people, it makes sense to you. That's a miracle. Last time it was only one. Here's another one praise, when you begin to praise and you turn your eyes off your enemies and you turn your eyes off your own skin the Bible says that God defeats your enemies Psalm 49a is fascinating it says Judah Judah's mom was in big trouble she had more trouble than she treated bad with family she calls her kid Judah can anybody tell me what Judah means? come on, louder Hey, she's given us the key again. It's all through the Bible, the keys. She calls it kid praise. It says, Judah, you are he whom your brother shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Oh, yeah, boy. And that cracker, guys. But if you don't, if you don't come to him with clean hands and a pure heart, then his hands are on your neck because you've choked yourself. But when you forgive somebody... Not like a fake, simple, oh, yes, Jesus, I give my life to you. But from the bottom of your heart, you get right with Jesus. You get clean with Jesus. You forgive like you've never forgiven before. And you get forgiveness like you never got forgiveness before. And you begin to worship God and praise God with a clean hands and a pure heart. And you praise him. Watch what happens to your marriage. Watch what happens to your business. Watch what happens to your world. And watch what happens to your enemies. God silences them. Can we applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for that? Come on, guys. Bible, just Bible. Four, number four, praise gets you to magnify the solution. That's God and not the problem. How many people, and I've done it myself, you you, you know, what happens when you hear the sound and the problem comes? You tell somebody, then you tell somebody else. And you keep telling somebody until you find somebody that really cares, but you can't find anybody that really cares. So guess what? Facebook cares. Facebook cares. Let's get it on Facebook. So you splat it all over Facebook. And we do that for one simple reason. We're looking for somebody to love us enough to care. But I'll let you into secret. If you get married so you can find somebody who will love you enough, you're going to get smashed. You should love yourself so much because you're made of the same stuff. You should need nobody to love you so you're going to get married so you can love somebody. But when you don't love yourself and somebody rejects you with their love, guess what? You begin to hate them. You begin to resent them. You begin to struggle. People spend their whole life putting stuff on Facebook, hoping they could find somebody that understands them, gives them a little bit of compassion, a little bit of love, because they hate themselves. Oh, I'm shaking up today, eh? I'm shaking up today. But come on, guys. Come on. Psalm 22, 3. The Bible says, But you are holy, God. You are holy, Spirit. And you're enthroned in the praises of your people. Don't wait till the sound comes on the phone. Don't wait till the barrel shows up. Don't wait till the enemy comes knocking your door. Don't wait till the big sea comes through. As soon as you wake up in the morning. This is your takeaway very quickly. And I want to invite a, a wonderful young man to the platform? This is your takeaway. Don't wait till you hear the sound. Of the telephone and the bad news. Don't wait till... The walls come down. Do the aeroplane thing. I always think that's a totally weird thing. Every aeroplane you get on, put your oxygen masks on first, mums and dads. Because guess what, mums? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Uh, Weedabix for the kid. You, you're taking care of everybody else. You're fixing everybody else. But the Bible said, if you don't love yourself first, I'll explain this another time. It's a whole new subject which is explosive and exciting. You don't put your oxygen mask on first. What is your oxygen? You've got to get your oxygen in your lungs and your mask on first of praise. So when you wake up in the morning, I'm going to suggest you do this. Praise God that he is sovereign and in control over five things. I do this every morning in life and I do it until peace comes. Number one, Father God, I praise you that you are sovereign over my life. You're in control of everything, and all the cares I got about me immediately vanish. I thank you your sovereign control over my family. I thank you your sovereign control over my friends. I thank you that you're. I praise you because you're 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 sovereign control over my business or job. And Father God, I thank you that you're in sovereign and control over the earth. We heard this morning from Miriam, the government is not on Donald Trump's shoulders. Thank you, Jesus. The government is not on London's shoulders. The government and who runs this whole thing and decides if there'll be a war or not is the living God. And when you praise God that he's sovereign over all the world, all that junk you he hear on the TV about who's going to blow up this and this, the cares and the worries of that vanish from you. You listening? Are we hearing this? How many people know that praise is the spark? And you keep on praising God. over oh, there's five things. Until comes like a river and you too can be like the prisoners of almost the children of Bangkok you could know a praise and a presence and a power of God because when you praise God for your family guess what you're inviting God's presence and spirit to come and invade your family when you praise God for your studies or your work situation, when you praise God for that, even when it's going wrong, even when you get bad news, you just praise God because he's sovereign and he causes all things to work for good. When you praise God for that difficult work situation and don't waste time on Facebook and every telling half the universe, when you just praise God, guess what? You give God permission to come and invade that situation when you praise God for that that difficult relationship situation, that family situation, that that child is away from God, when you begin to praise God, you basically give him permission to come and pour his presence into that situation. Guys, can it be any more simpler and exciting and wonderful than that? Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Alco, up you come, pal. Let's give Alco a big welcome to the platform. We'll finish with this. How are you doing, Alco? I'm doing great. Good. thank you. I'm going to ask, uh, I've got a couple of questions for Alco. There was a time as a young boy, Alco, more than one time when you heard the sound of bad news. And you had moments when it was like your walls tumbling down tell us about it
0: well I was a young boy and um, my mom and dad's marriage was um, well kind of very abusive um, I don't want to get in detail because I'm respecting my parents um, but yeah it was an abusive um, marriage and um, I was the one day I enjoyed my father was Saturday my father was going every Saturday to soccer football it's here and he played um, well he played in a veterans team he played uh, he played football and he was quite good and in the morning I had my game and in the afternoon he had his game and I was enjoying it watching his game because that was my time with my dad and the time that he was nice to me and when we came home he mostly he drank too much and it was an awful evening or day or week but one day I joined him on the uh, well. I had my 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 game, and in the afternoon he had his game, and I John joined them in the well. He we called it a cantina, a cafe at the at the club, and he started to drink. And I said, ah, "Can I have some candy or something like that?" And he said, "No, you have to go home. I have a letter for you." And I was totally shocked. I'm like, what? Well, why? Normally I can join you, and. I was I think I was eight or nine years old and uh I was kind of disappointed and uh we bicycle a lot. I bicyc- bicycled home to to my um my house and my mom was never nowhere around and my mom was most of the time very depressed and at that day she was very depressed as well and I didn't know why but I was kind of used to it and I thought, well, she she must be in bed. So I walked up the stairs, went to her room, I knocked on the door and then the door was open and my little brother, one year old, was uh, lying in her bed next to her and um, she was crying. And she was crying and she couldn't stop. And I said, well, I had to be with, uh, I had to, well, daddy said he has a letter for me. And she started crying more, well, even harder. Uh, I didn't know what it was, and um, so I opened this letter, and then um, it was a very personal letter to me that um, he was not coming home again, <laughs> because, well, he would li- uh, well, <laughs> he, um, well, he was lo- going to live somewhere else, not with my mom anymore. And it was very hard And that week, the next day believe it or not um with her her grandfather who was so loved by the whole family died also and i never heard my mom scream so loud in her life <laughs> that was that was a kind of a wall <laughs> yeah so,
1: so that alcohol that's just one of the many many situations yeah. where you heard a sound And come down. Totally. And life was tough for a while. We know the rumor around the street as you're coming here to be a DJ in Scotland and your wife and be used by God in praise. That's yeah. a sacrifice of praise. To leave Holland and come to a place where the sun don't shine. Amen. <laughs> uh, but there came a moment, Alco. Yes. More than uh, one moment when that all changed. Oh totally. And
0: Oh yeah. Well, there was big one big moment. I think I don't know if I told it before. Maybe I did it in my last sermon. It was also about my mom who who teach me during all these situations that you have to praise God in all circumstances. So it's very awesome that you're preaching about this. But anyway, um yes. Uh there was was this one moment I um well I was like 15 or 16 years old, I used a lot of drugs, um, like weed. It's, well, I I, I, uh, I smoked weed, I drank a lot, I was totally wasted all the time, and um, well, then I got a girlfriend, and she kind of helped me out. But after four years, she, well, she kind of cheated on me, and I was totally devastated. I was so devastated, I never was, well, it feels, it was kind of the same wall as in my youth, but then I did go out, and uh, it was so awesome, I did go out, and was totally wasted, and I came home, and I needed to go to the toilet, and then I came home, and I did go to the toilet, and it was pretty funny, God spoke to me, you have to go to church tomorrow, and I was like, no way, I'm not going to church tomorrow, is this, is this really me, and well, normally I was going sometimes to church because my grandmother was well nagging her come on when are you coming to church i was like okay i will come and well then i was for a month i didn't go to church but anyway i was like i'm not going to that church again i hate it It, it's not oh man i hate it and the next morning i woke up and i didn't didn't have any one hung hangover so I was quite kind of surprised, what is this? So I walked to the toilet and I walked back and I had a roommate and he, he was laughing out loud and he said, Alco, are you finally going to church? It was Sunday. And I was like, no way, I'm not going to church. Well, you should come to my church once. I said, no way, I'm not, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, it's totally different. It's in the city, you have to go. And then I, I, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And well, in a few minutes he called somebody and he said, oh, there's somebody coming to pick you up. So I kind of forced to. And then I came to this church. And I saw a totally new way of worshiping. And I praised God. And that was the first moment I went to church after years. And found God again. And I think I never skipped a Sunday again since then. I, I totally found God over there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: come on, guys. Give it up. One moment. Alco and Miriam, they get this spark. They get this thing because to leave your country with small children and come here to be involved in igniting that spark in the young people through their worship and their music is just fantastic. And we thank God for that. On Wednesday, I was in the Queen Margaret Hospital getting a routine scan on my belly. The lady says, I'm going to rub some jelly on your belly. I thought, oh, that's great. She said, I'm going to look for, to look for a, a stomach aneurysm. And as soon as she put that thing on my belly, she went, both the staff jumped back. They were like, something about you. I said, what do you mean? Like, you're so relaxed. I said, am I? Oh, my goodness. me! They're looking at each other, shaking their head. They said, you're so relaxed. I said, don't assume. That's because I ain't got no problems. Every day of the week I'm helping to solve problems at Man United and, and the other side of the world and, all, and on the doorstep. And this afternoon we'll be visiting Alma's brother who's grossly sick right now. Don't assume it's the absence of problems, but it's something else. It's called the spark. And it's possible for you to wriggle with jelly in your belly and the peace of God. In the face of the greatest of storms, like Alcor's just described. Give it up for Alcorn and Miriam. God bless you guys. You're great. <laughs> Let's stand up for a moment. Let's stand up for a moment. We're going to close in a moment. I'm going to put you out of misery. <laughs> See if you can stretch. Your, it's time to stretch, guys. Another trick coming. See if you can stretch your hands as high as you can. See if you can reach the ceiling. Even if you could just stretch your fingers. That's all right. Stretch, stretch your fingers. All right. You can put them down now. That's the most people I've ever seen praise God in church in my whole life. (laughs) Do you know what? I'm going to ask you to do a favor. Before you go to sleep tonight, go to your room. We're finished now. Go to your room and have a time. If you feel stupid, put a tea cozy in your head and pretend you're Elvis. Just set yourself free. And just take a moment. And let that refreshing rain come into your room tonight. Just take a moment. I know know we'd be focused on the problem and focused on that force on the next thing. But take a moment to turn your thought on and just go nuts for five, ten minutes. Nuts for five, ten minutes. Praising God. Just take five minutes. And stay there until the presence of God. And praise him. Invite God into... Invite God into your business and to your marriage and to your world. Okay, I love it when the band didn't hear. You're finished. So, uh, can we sing that wonder song again, George? Please, would that be possible? I think what we're going to we'll do is we'll sing the wonder song one, one, two times through. And as you're leaving, we're going to play that that and um, and bone man song, Skin so that we get this thing deep down inside us. It's not what you think in the moment, but it's who you think. And for that, let's put our 10 string instruments together and applaud the living God for all his power and all his presence and all his peace and all his joy and all his confidence. With every eye closed, every eye closed, let's reach out to heaven in this moment. Holy Spirit, were made as the same stuff as God, would you take that water from heaven, that Holy Spirit, pour it into the life of every person. Ignite the spark and the power of sacrificial praise unto the living God. Pour your Spirit into the marriages, into the workplaces, into the family situations. Pour the Spirit. But from this moment on, give them the power to remember it's who and not what in the moment that is the spark and will ignite the situation forever and ever and ever. And when we finish this song, I want you to find somebody. We've got lots of visitors here today. Find somebody you've never met before or spoke before. Give them a welcome. And go out home tonight. Go home today. And please love yourself like you never loved yourself before. Put your oxygen mask on first and take care of yourself get yourself filled with the Holy Spirit long before the four rings and your days and your moments and your situations will turn to victory because God is not only for you he's fighting for you once more we applaud the living God thanks guys, God bless you have a brilliant week